This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Signals from the Frontline, every Wednesday live cast here on Twitch. Hello to everybody who has joined us in Twitch. It's always fun to have you in the chat. Definitely spice things up. Mm. But if you don't catch us live on Twitch, you can always catch us on uh, Pandora, the iTunes, the YouTube. Everywhere. All the, the all tunes. The, all the, the tubes. And the tubes all and the, the tunes. <laughs> That's an appropriate segue as we're talking about Slanesh today. That's right. We're just coming in. Yeah, all one the might, holes. One might say it's even airtight. Mm. What? Slanesh, we're themed. Yeah, for the show. Come I on. Think we, there's, we're always Slanesh themed. I think. I feel. <laughs> the leaky banana is always Slanesh themed. <laughs> the limp banana. Uh, <laughs> the wilted. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mariana. Oh, how us many? The, uh, how many terrible? Go ahead. Terrible dick jokes. Can we slip into this episode? Uh, at any rate, the show is brought to you, as always, by FrontlineGaming.org, where you can get your tabletop gaming goodies at a discount all the days of the week, mm-hmm. and all kinds of other cool stuff, gaming mats, terrain, product, pretty cool. Paint services. Paint services. We run events. List pretty... services, if you're a Patreon. Now, yes. Uh, that is something that we're doing. Who's doing that? Is that Pablo? It's m- mostly me. Yeah, don't let Pablo. He's yeah. on a losing streak. <laughs> Indeed. He has a competitive 40K podcast. But uh, he's more of a teacher than a doer. Yeah. How does that expression? If you can't teach, if you can't, you can't do, do, teach. teach. Yeah. yeah. That's Pablo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to a T. Hey. <laughs> uh, but yes, if you would like us to give you some in-depth list uh, feedback, if you're a Patreon at certain levels of sponsorship, we do that. <clears throat> and for anybody who's still waiting to hear back from me, I'm just I'm plugging through them every single day. And uh, with, I think by the end of this week, I should have gotten to everybody. So. Nice. Uh, just hang in there and consider supporting our Patreon. If you like the ITC, like what it's about, want to see it continue to grow mm-hmm. and thrive, uh, you can su- support the ITC for as little as a dollar a yeah. month. Yeah. How do you something. how do you think we're all able to afford these two for six dollar whoppers that are going on? Mm. The Patreon, baby. Mm-hmm. The ITC will live on. We may not. <laughs> we <laughs> I don't think we're going to survive this. We die of cardiac know. arrest by the time I'm 45. Mm-hmm. But uh, hey. Yeah. Anyway. So at any rate. On to the news. This week's GW pre-order is a wide selection of goodies from multiple different games. We have a new Adeptus Titanicus release, the Doom of Moloch. And uh, there's some new terrain that came out for Adeptus Titanicus as well. Really cool looking stuff. Mm-hmm. We have two new Shadespire warbands. The uh, Yothari's Guardians. It's a Sylvaneth themed warband. And then we have Thundrix Profiteers, mm-hmm. which is a Carriage Overlords themed uh, uh, Shades by Warband, pretty cool. But the one we've all been waiting for with bated breath, yeah. Eowyn and Mary from Middle-earth. Right. You know, it's, it is cool that they are um, <clears throat> still promoting Lord of the Rings. I'm assuming it's a contractual thing. Yes. But um, sure. they, these are all new plastic kits, by the way, they're releasing. Mm-hmm. So it's still going. But you know what? Somebody somewhere saw that release, though. It was And stoked. was just like, oh, finally. finally. It's my birthday, too. Aeon and Mary. I can play so with my brother. They get You get the, the <laughs> Hobbit and Aeon riding the horse mm-hmm. and dismounted as well. Right. Pretty spectacular deal. Yeah. 
There you go. That's the big one. <laughs> this we'll just say this this uh, release week is the the B reel. The B. It's, it's the it's the also rans. They're just like you know what we're making too much money. We got to <laughs> scale it back, boys. Uh, well, you know, Shadespire is super popular, and uh, Adeptus Titanicus, um, from everything I've been told, is a super fun game. Um, I haven't had a chance to try it. I'm always yeah. it's always so difficult for me to can, pick up a new game. We can barely play one game. I can barely. I don't have enough brain space. Mm-hmm. Right. Like there's so many games I want to play. Like, I, I really wanted to play Conflict 47. Mm-hmm. I picked up the rule book. It's like 200 pages, and I was like... Can't do it. Not going to happen. <laughs> like, I just can't fit Dust. it in my brain. I saw I, the demos at LVO. The Dust team came out, Dust North America, and it looks so amazing, the aesthetic, but it's just one of those things that's like, I can barely play my five league games in eight weeks. Yeah. You know? And that's the truth, unfortunately, currently. But If I had somebody that would, like, sh- walk me through it, I, then I can pick up a new game, but I, like... Even so, like I still, I've had people coming in like, you want to play Kill Team? You want to play Kill Team? And I'm like, nah. I kind of do, but I don't want to learn another game system because I can barely remember 40K and Age of Sigmar. Mm-hmm. Like that's pretty much the extent of what feeble horsepower I have left in the, the old noggin. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that's it. And it's, just to it's, keep it's, up with 8th edition 40K it's, is a hard one. It can be challenging. Yeah. You forget more than you learn. Definitely. And one, especially yeah. like I've said before, as a play tester, it gets extra confusing because like I know what rules are coming mm-hmm. and there's multiple iterations of them like when you're trying things out so sometimes I'll look at a, a unit on the table and I'm like simultaneously remembering old rules current rules future rules and I'm like oh what does he do again mm-hmm. I can't remember um it can it can get challenging but um uh, 40k is in a great place so is Age of Sigmar and I'm pretty content with those mm-hmm. but if I do find the time I would definitely like to try Adeptus Titanicus because all my friends who've tried it said it's really fun and the models are gorgeous. Yeah, that They're is true. Really cool. We've started to do a lot of commissions for Titanicus. So seeing the models up close um, makes me want to play the game for sure. Yeah. And the, the terrain is really cool too. It's All these, these city uh, yeah. terrains that they're doing. So Yeah, super cool stuff. So if you want to pick any of those up at a discount, you can do so from Frontline Gaming. Just go to store.frontlinegaming.org. Mm-hmm. And we do offer free shipping within the continental United States. Four yeah. orders, $99 and up. Yeah. So if you want to grab that, maybe grab... Uh, a mat that we make that's hey. could be used for a game like Adeptus Titanicus. You mm-hmm. might find the scales very appropriate. It's called Warzone. Yep. And uh, maybe you want to grab those. Yeah. If your dad, if, you, if it's your dad's birthday, get him that uh, Lord of the Rings model. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. And uh, you could combine, mix and match all kinds of different products and save some money. Make sure to grab your SoCal Open and Bay Area Open tickets. Hmm. If these are events <clears throat> that you want to go to, the BAO is only about a month away. And again, that's going to be at the Kublacon convention. It's going to be a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be one of the bigger majors in the country. Uh, I think we're going to fall around 200 players. Nice. So it's going to be one of the biggest BAOs we've ever had. And uh, you definitely want to make sure to grab those tickets sooner than later. And remember, we also have Age of Sigmar. We have one-day events, two-day events, um, the 40K Champs. It's going to be a three-day event if you make the finals, exactly like the LVO. Um, there's going to be the Long War Doubles, uh, 40K Narrative. We have Age of Sigmar uh, Mega Battles. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's a ton to do. So please grab those tickets and we'll see you there. Also, the hotel that it's at is almost full. Mm. Uh, so do not do not hesitate to grab a room if you want to stay at the event. Obviously, it's super convenient to do so. Mm-hmm. And we definitely recommend that you stay at the hotel. Not only does it help out the uh, convention, but it's just better for you. Plus, you'll have tons of people to hang out with at night and stuff. So BAO is going to be a blast. And then SoCal Open, while it's not imminent, uh, it is selling out really quickly. The uh, 40K Champs and the 40K Narrative 
specifically don't have a lot of room left. So if those are events you want to participate in, please grab your tickets. And then, of course, there's also going to be Age of Sigmar. Uh, really exciting Kill Team stuff. The crew that's involved with that is going balls to the wall. And they're doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, uh, the, the Kill Team tactics, usually in the chat, um, you probably jump in and say hello. But uh, it's, they've got some great stuff going on. And the Shadespire event was just confirmed. It's going to be a Grand Clash, which is really exciting. So if you want to come out, get your ITC points, participate. Please grab those tickets sooner than later. It's going to be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. The SoCal Open is, is going to be significantly bigger than it was last year. I can already tell. Like, right. It's going to be one of the bigger, uh, especially for the 40K side of things. Mm -hmm. It's going to be one of the biggest events in the country. Nice. Yeah. What's the, uh, the next step over what we had last year? Well, it's going to be two. We're going to hit 256 mm -hmm. uh, for 40K champs, which puts it in the same neighborhood as uh, Adepticon and Nova. Nice. Um, and we've got a lot of other events around the country. Like, the, the game is going bananas right now. Can, can the actual beach hold that many people well the beach my friend we might have to put a couple tables in the water we'll put them on little floating yeah. platforms okay that'll work the loser has to jump into the ocean <laughs> with his army there you go <laughs> so it's uh no the, the venue is gigantic like even with the the growth that we're having mm -hmm. it's 99 percent likely still going to be the scenario where every table is eight feet and has no other table touching it so it's, it's like pretty you ridiculous. so much space it's crazy it's one of the most comfortable tournaments to go and to. And it's open air because it, the, it's a, it's kind of like a picture looks like, like an, an airplane airline. Yeah, big giant airplane hangar. And the, the doors that lead in are open all around the hall. So you have this nice, cool sea breeze in because, you know, the, the water is literally, you just open the door and you're standing in water. You fall and into so, yeah, the so water. If you're, it's if you're not it's careful. actually a floating venue. Yeah, you got to be real careful. <laughs> and um, we're kidding, of course. We just had people in the past express consternation that it wasn't literally on the beach. Yeah. And we're like, well, okay. It's, yeah. Uh, well, it's it's not on, on the dang sand, but yeah. it's right next to it. So, so but anyways, it, it's very comfortable. It is. Like you said. Yeah. Lots of food options that are that are very close. Um, Lots of places to stay. They sell food yeah. there themselves. If you if you really want to buy an eighteen dollar hot dog, it's not eighteen dollars. It's uh, like five or six bucks or something. But it tastes the okay. Food, also. The food at the venue, let's be real, is not that good. <laughs> it's baseball. It's baseball stadium food and prices. It's baseball stadium. No, it's not the prices. It's not that expensive, but. It's not the best food, but it's not terrible. Um, however, it's super convenient. I always end up eating a couple of those hot dogs because it's just right there. The pretzel hot dogs. Yeah, they're not the best, but <laughs> no, but but within you know, like it's, it's right right, right out of the fairgrounds, there are it's a, a city, so there's yeah. food everywhere. So yeah, so we hope to see you there. Please mm -hmm. jump in and grab those tickets sooner than later, especially SoCal, because if you don't and you want to play in some of the 40k events, you may miss out. <clears throat> and also, we do have a very cool 30k event this year Nice. Uh, with some organizers from LA who are really big in the 30k community. So uh, excited to see how that goes, too. I'm already looking forward to it. Me, too. I love the SoCal Open. It's relatively And the Bay Area Open, because it's, a, it's a, the new venue. It's going to be very cool. It's going to be exciting to see how it goes. We've never been there before. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, while it's a part of a larger con, it's we're, we basically have our own hotel. Mm -hmm. So the Kubla con, con is going to be on the hotel across the street, largely. That's where most of the events. Mm -hmm. And then all the tabletop games are going to be on our site, which is pretty much us. Which is normal anyways. Yeah. Like it's, it's a normal tournament experience. It, it's going to be cool. I'm excited to see how it goes down since it's the first year in the new venue mm -hmm. and got lots of room to grow. Yeah, there's it, lots to do in the evening when you're done. Just go up to San Francisco, which is like 15 minutes away, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah you just hop on the BART. It's right there. So going to be two awesome events. And then, you know, this is like the ninth year for the BAO. 
Yeah, you know, I was wondering when you said we were going to have about 200 players. What was the number of the first BAO? It was like 50? No, the first one was over 100, and that was like a huge deal. Okay. Uh, we've had one BAO that was at 200. Mm-hmm. At the barn? No, that was at uh, Game Castle first year, but it was way too many people. Yeah. It was too crowded. That's why we dropped it back to 150 for the next two years. Got it. Because we needed, it was just, we overpacked it. And thankfully, not all 200 people showed up, mm-hmm. uh, but it was still, it was a little uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, that's one of the reasons why we got it. We had to move to a new venue. So at any rate, the new release, exciting stuff going on uh, this this week, not release, I'm sorry, preview, mm-hmm. is the new Slanesh models and rules. Yeah. And they frankly are, are astounding. Some of the artistically most impressive sculpts we've ever seen from Games Workshop. Yeah. The Keeper of Secrets in particular is just, it's like if David Bowie was a demon prince or a, 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 a greater demon, this mm-hmm. is what he would look like. It's incredible. Uh, but not only are the models beautiful, the rules are looking really good too. Mm-hmm. So we'll take a look at the Keeper of Secrets first. Uh, pretty pretty lethal. I mean, the one big downside is obviously that you don't fly, mm-hmm. uh, which is a big deal. It's been, always been one of the things that held the Keeper of Secrets back. But I think uh, as but you're But movement see, is fast. Yeah. Very fast. Super, super quick. Uh, can move 14 inches at the top tier. Uh, weapon skill, ballistic skill 2, no surprise there. Strength mm-hmm. 6, toughness 7, 16 wounds. A boatload of attacks, we'll go over that. Leadership 10, uh, and basically only an invulnerable save. So, relatively resilient. I mean, T7 with 16 wounds, it sounds like a lot, but you'll, mm-hmm. you'll she'll definitely get blown up pretty quick. If um, You want to be smart about getting her into combat. Yeah, probably deep strike. Like as fast in, as in possible, deep strike if you, yeah. Yeah, but uh, the least resilient of all the greater demons uh, because it doesn't really have an armor save. However, the, the hitting power is, is pretty pretty gnarly. So uh, starts out with six attacks and the Wit Stealer Sword um, is strength plus two, goes up to strength eight, uh, AP three, three damage. And then um, uh, if you do a wound to your target, they're minus one to hit for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really strong. So... That in and of itself is, is pretty deadly, right? You can do 18 damage yeah. right there. But then on top of that, you have the, the uh, sni- snipping claws, snapping claws, which are strength six, <laughs> snapping claws. Uh, AP three, three damage. And then if you roll a six to wound, uh, what I can't remember what is the special rule? It's too hard to it read. It becomes AP four, yeah. right? And that's an additional four attacks. Mm-hmm. So you have 10 attacks right off the bat, the bat which Ooh. is a ton. And you could potentially do 30 damage um, with, you know, if, if all the, if everything hits and wounds and all uh, saves are failed. So you could kill a knight in one round of combat. Theoretically, mm-hmm. it's not likely. But um, long story short, it's some pretty heavy duty uh, damage output that you could potentially do. Uh, and then one of the upgrades that they show off is at the end of a, a fight phase, if you kill any, uh, any models are, are slain, you can heal D3 wounds. Very cool. So it helps a little bit to, um, it helps a little bit to, to, to make you more resilient. And then you're also going to be minus one to hit in combat uh, as a Slanesh Demon. So all around, once you get stuck in, uh, you've got some staying power. Mm-hmm. It's just getting there is going to be the the, the, the riddle that you're going to try and unlock with this model. I uh, think you're probably going to deep strike it in most instances. I uh, hope you can make that charge out of reserves. Maybe there's a way to manipulate I'm that. Sh- I'm sure there's going to be ways to to get closer and reroll charges or all that kind of weird stuff. So. Yeah. The, the, <clears> but if you, leave, be... if you leave her out, it's going to be rough. That's going to be your normal, you know, kind of SOP. However, uh, if you're playing against another melee army that doesn't have a ton of shooting, start him, him or her it on the board mm-hmm. and um, and just let it rip because yeah. that damage output is no joke. 
Yes. Yeah. I'm looking at that and I'm like looking at my my Grey Knight contingent. And I'm like the three Ooh. damage flat is the bane Ooh. of them. Uh, the paladins would be the paladins don't not so ancient warriors anymore. Yeah. And you know she's gonna have psychic powers Ooh. too. Yeah. So we're we're not seeing the full picture, but mm -hmm. already it looks pretty nasty. Just the stats. Yeah. And the model, man, the it's big too. Astounding. It's bigger. I think it's as big as the Bloodthirster in terms of uh, the height size. About that, yeah. Yeah. Which is big. Mm -hmm. Yep. The biggest one, humorously, is the uh, Lord of Change, right. but uh, and the Great Unclean one is the girthiest of the lot. And you don't, you know what? You don't see a lot of Great Unclean or uh, the Lord of Changes. You don't. Unfortunately. Yep. They're not bad. It's just uh, those big. It's the same problem with all greater demons is that they, they, they the game is so lethal right now and it's very difficult to hide them mm -hmm. that it, it's relatively easy to just nuke them. Yeah. Right? Like I use Scarbrand in my Chaos Army and I never plan on him surviving one. I, I only ever plan on getting one turn out of him. Mm -hmm. My whole game plan is drop down, buff everything that goes into combat. And if he lives... Huzzah! Yeah. Right. I've never lost a game where he made the charge out of reserves ever, mm -hmm. not one time. Yeah. Because he, he's just such a wrecking ball and he holds people in combat. But I never plan on that happening. I just plan on getting him that one turn buff out of him. And that and that's largely, I think, when you're playing with uh, greater demons, that don't expect longevity out of them. Just expect, like, your game plan should involve getting them into position and doing something that you can count on them doing, mm -hmm. and you know, just usually <clears throat> just knocking the shit out of something. But you know, it's going to be the same issue here. Yeah. Is how do you how do you you know reliably and effectively deliver them into combat? So, but let's take a look at some of the other cool stuff available now. Uh, the name of this model it's like Selectry something or other, mm -hmm. uh, and of course I'm talking about the named uh, Greater Demon of Slanesh. Has some really really in intriguing rules. We obviously we don't see everything. Uh, for me, it looks amazing with the spear and the shield. I love it. But uh, when you get into combat with Slanextery, whatever, <laughs> Jigger, um, you're minus one to be hit and minus one to be wounded. Mm -hmm. That's a huge Shalaxi Hellbane. Shalaxi. Because you're going to Shalax you. Yeah. The, uh, th that's a big deal. Minus one to wound mm -hmm. is one of the most effective defenses in the game. <clears throat> it, it shifts the math dramatically in your favor. And when you stack that with a minus one to be hit, this model is going to be really resilient. And you've got to imagine that that shield is going to have some cool special rules too. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the Soul Piercer Spear, which hilariously in the Vigilus Ablaze <laughs> books, she just wrecks Marnius Calgar with it. Uh, that was such a silly story. Did you read that? I did. They're like, okay, here comes the Chaos Fleet. It happened twice. Why aren't they? Two. They're just coming right at us and we have perfect defense. What's going on? And then it's like, she teleports onto the bridge, stabs him in the heart, bones out. And they're like, we lost. I was like, yeah. Can was, we do a quick aside real quick? The, that was really stupid. The Vigilus, the last Vigilus book, the narrative was not very good. No, and they it, fought and fought. Marnius Calgar twice, happened. twice. Gets his ass he got owned yeah. on the spaceship. And then they do the whole like, and then he got taken away by a special apothecary who was able to use his special powers to revive him. And then again, at the end, I'm, I don't care if I'm spoiling for people. <laughs> Happens again, gets owned, but like he does it for a reason. But then like, it's like, and he was about to die, but then another special apothecary came and healed him. And he was it was okay. really, it was like, yeah, oh. it was really silly. It was just and bad. Then at it the was end, poorly written. And then at the end, they're like, okay, all this crazy fighting happened and nothing, nothing happened. happened. Vigilus is still in. And by the hands. way, buy these new models. And then it's just that that's <laughs> the end. Nothing happened. I was like, wow, this was really mm. anticlimactic. 
And then, but the story of like, like Marcus Cowboy, he's like, I'm going to prove to everybody I'm not the second fiddle to Roe Booty. <laughs> yeah. This demon just goes, ha, ha. And just stabs him and yeah. then blanks away. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, really? That was, it? that was it? And then their whole fleet just gets their ass kicked. You're like, that one guy, they needed one guy to do yeah. their job. They're not trained professionals right. that can fight. I just love how it's just the same exact thing happened twice. And I can just see the writer... The person, like, you know, his editor comes in and is like, well, how does he live? One of the apothecaries? All right. Sounds good. There's an apothecary nearby. All right, got it. <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, wow, they killed Guman. That was unexpected. Or, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Calgar. No, Calgar. He had this heroic sacrifice that yeah. he does. And then, like, oh, but then he got healed and he was really upset. That yeah. <laughs> Abaddon got really mad. Yeah. Sh shaking his claw. <laughs> Dang you. Uh, he, man. Marnie S, not again. <laughs> My favorite part of the story was this total like little like sidebar. They're like, oh, and they sent like nine assassins in. They just like shit on everybody and they just killed like hundreds of warlords yeah. and all this They're stuff. like, by the way, like, oh, there's wow, no assassin awesome. rules in this white dwarf. <laughs> it was, that was my favorite part. And I was like, oh, I wish we had more of that. Mm. But uh, at any rate, so yeah, Shalaxi Hellbane comes in hot, stabs Marnius Calcar in the heart and then bones out and has some really good rules. Uh, her spear is, is quite punishing. Um, it's like strength 12 right? soul piercer yeah, yeah. strength Oof. 12 ab4 uh, ab4 d6 damage and if you roll a six to wound against the character it does just six damage nice so potentially a lot of damage output there and remember things like knights and stuff it'll kill it'll waste knights yeah like they're yeah, not even gonna get a dead. save don't yeah. put your knights out there yeah so it's like here's my gallon yeah like, mm, spear yeah Hiya. do you see what i did to calgar bro yeah. it's like oh i named that one after my cousin <laughs> What? Yeah, I don't know. Something, I was getting into the narrative. Like, oh, good. Okay. Yes. Uh, and then here's another character, and this is the one that most people are talking about right now, and uh, for good reason. The if you want to jump over, I can't remember the name of it. Again. It looks weird. I like it. It's like Master. It looks Blaster. like it's uh, it should just be an Age of Sigmar model. It, it, it's like Master Blaster with his little. It's like the good big luck. the big guy with his little buddy. Oh, Shileski, the Vengeful Alliance, whatever. Why would they do that? Yeah. Shiel just call it the Vengeful Esky. Alliance. Yeah, big guy, little girl. Uh, so big guy hits you with his axe and he yeah. has a lot of attacks and, uh, his, his girlfriend hits you with, uh, eight more whip attacks, mm -hmm. uh, really, really potent combo, a ton of attacks. Cause he comes in with eight himself mm -hmm. and there are three damage axe attacks that are you know, strength, what strength seven, AP three, three damage. It's almost hitting you like a thunder hammer. Yeah. And then additionally, after you pile in. Uh, the girl, the demonette on his back has eight whip attacks that are, uh, well, it's, it's, uh, it's D three for each, um, attack. Right. Right. And then the base, uh, eight attacks. And so so you have to, million attacks. you have to decide though, who's attacking with what still, well, no, so you, you, can, you can say all attacks on the eight attacks on the whip. No. So the way it works, it's a little bit different. The, mm -hmm. uh, the ax attacks first mm -hmm. or one of the two, and then you pile in and then you attack again. Oh, the they, okay. I see. It's yeah. called deadly symbiotic. Yeah, De deadly symbiosis. Okay. So it, it, you potentially have like a boatload of attacks. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, the whip attacks aren't as strong, the strength four AP one, uh, but you get so many attacks. This is a really potent model. It's it's basically it's like a demon prince and a herald mixed. So you've got all kinds of buffing abilities. Mm -hmm. um, doesn't look like the model's gonna have the fly keyword, which is a little bit of a limitation, but um, otherwise has a very similar demon prince kind of stat line. Only a four up save. It's a little squishier, which is normal for, for Slanesh. But the damage output is, is gnarly. Nine inch move, it's pretty quick. Mm -hmm. So it's 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 looking exciting. Uh, I know a lot of people are are really stoked for this release and can't wait to see what comes of it. Um, and we'll jump into chat here and see what they have to say. 
about the new chaos goodies. Hmm. And as a herald and a demon prince, then you know that uh, the, the the master blaster combo is going to be buffing uh, other Slanesh units. Uh, and in the chat, everybody's talking about it. Uh, doesn't look like they're going to have the fly cured RVD. No, I, I doubt it. Obviously, it doesn't <clears> look like it. We'll be deep striking it. Uh, Intin says the whips are strength five, which is big for Slanesh uh, because, yeah, the herald can buff your strength. Uh, and we would assume that that is the way that that would work. Yep. Uh, Axis of Entropy says, I'm going to paint that Demon Prince slash Herald for a friend of mine. Hmm. Think he'll buff Demonettes. If they're a Herald, probably will <clears throat> be uh, buffing Demonettes. And yeah, the model is absolutely gorgeous. I love it. Um, and then, well, yeah, we'll have to wait and see the full rules. That's why it's, it's a little difficult to talk about it, but we're, they gave us quite a bit. Uh, Killer Monkey 007 says, everyone getting all these awesome melee weapons. Uh, yeah, lots of D3 damage stuff floating around. Jim Vessel says, hopefully the shield option for the uh, Keeper, of Secret, give, Keeper of Secrets gives it a better than a 5++. Yeah, something like that, or even if it was like a, it gave you an armor save, because right now the Keeper of Secrets only has a six up armor save. So yeah, I, would, I would think it's a safe assumption that the shield does something defensively to buff you up, right? Or possibly it just has a, a standard uh, four up people save, which a lot of the larger demons get. I would be totally cool with that. Mm -hmm. um, Anything like that would be great. Uh, mm -hmm. And then that's right. We did forget to talk about one more unit. My apologies. The, uh, the mirror. Yeah. What the hell are they called? Here. I forget. They all have goofball names. Yeah. It's called the contorted, contorted epitome. Yeah. So yeah. Interesting. It's a uh, demon with a magic mirror, which again fits mm -hmm. the Slanesh theme, but uh, they have some really cool abilities. They get plus one to um, cast and deny. They can um, cast two powers, deny two powers. So they have very good psychic ability. That's extremely strong. Uh, swallow energy. Uh, anytime they take a mortal wound on a two plus, they ignore it. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Super duper good. You put them out front to eat smites and things like that. Um, just really <laughs> strong ability. It also gives them uh, defense against things like snipers and such. A horrible fascination. If an enemy unit within six inches of uh, any models with this ability is chosen to fall back, you have to pass a leadership check on 3d6. So again, super useful. That's a really big aura for holding people in melee. And when you have things like fiends, um, and such, you can really screw up your opponent's plans by keeping them pinned. Um, that is a dramatically underestimated power. It's incredibly <clears> strong <throat> when you can like charge their screen units and then hold them in place so that they can't shoot you back. Mm -hmm. It's huge, extremely, extremely good. And then of course you can make the assumption that this is going to be a character, uh, which is going to make it much more difficult to take them out. Whereas fiends, unfortunately can get blasted if your opponent knows how good they are. Uh, and then they show off one of their psychic powers. Uh, it's a 12 inch bubble of minus one leadership. Uh, which can be really good depending on other power combos, especially with trying to pin them in combat. Mm -hmm. uh, that can help a lot. So pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Looks the, weird, but okay. It's a psychic unit. You know, it's yeah. going to be really good, uh, especially with all the bonuses to, to cast and deny. Mm -hmm. um, basically being immune to smite and things like that. I think it's going to be really good. Yeah. So let's take a look at the Age of Sigmar side. Uh, same models, different rules, obviously, for a different game. Let's take a look at those. So for, uh, for AOS, the Keeper of Secrets is really nasty. Again, um, showing off, they have a ranged attack, mm -hmm. uh, a ton of high-powered uh, melee weapon. Melee weapons, either a lot of attacks or, or high damage. For example, the Impaling Claws do flat five damage. And remember, in Age of Sigmar, uh, for every point of damage you do, that's the, the wounds are dealt to the whole unit. So mm -hmm. you can kill five infantry models yeah. with, with one single. attack. Mm 
Mm -hmm. And Rin 2 in Age of Sigmar is really, really good. Yeah. Because like a, a heavily armored unit has a four up save, right? Most have a five up. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's pretty deadly. You're hitting on a two. Hitting on a three, wounding on a three, you could potentially kill 10 models yeah. with just that one set of attacks. Uh, and with a 14-inch move, that's that's pretty big in AOS. Um, Going to be a really nasty model. And have, in Age of Sigmar, you don't have that that uh, vulnerability that you do in 40K because there's not as much shooting. Right, and it's not as... Devastating. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, <clears throat> even armies like Carriage and Overlords and stuff aren't necessarily going to just blow her up on the first turn. Mm -hmm. Uh, pretty good. And then showing off some of the powers available to him, uh, Dark Temptations. At the start of combat, you pick... This one's so funny. So you pick an enemy hero that's within melee engagement range, mm -hmm. and you go, you either take D3 mortal wounds, or I give you plus one to hit, your choice, and then at the end of the turn, on a four-up, you die. Yeah. <laughs> it's such an interesting and kind of silly mm -hmm. power. It's very slanesh -y. But um, that's AOS. You have lots of stuff like this in the game. I guess if you have like one wound left, you're like, all right, I don't care. Yeah. Well, it's like, <clears throat> I'll take it. I'll yeah. take the plus one to hit and then maybe I die. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of silly and goofy, but, you know, it could backfire on yeah. you. But hey, uh, that's there you go. Uh, it's fun nonetheless. Mm -hmm. And then the, the Slaneshi or the, I can't remember, Hex Bane or whatever the hell her name is. Mm -hmm. The name character version. She has a different version of it where I think this is way better. Um, it's the same thing. You either take D3 mortal wounds or you accept the buff and you have to charge her. Uh, and so it's really cool if you're doing it to like a, a character that does not want to be in melee. Mm -hmm. So like you, like magic user, you have to come over here and fight me. And they're like, ah, okay, I'm yeah. dead. So uh, that version of it, I think is a little bit more practical, like a little bit more useful because it's going to pull a unit into melee range or they take mortal wounds. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty good, pretty good exchange. And then the Master Blaster combo model um, has a lot of the similar rules in uh, AOS. For example, Subvert, uh, casting value 7. Pick one enemy, enemy hero within 18 inches that is visible to the caster. That hero cannot use any command abilities. Really, really good. Uh, for those of you who are not as familiar with AOS, command abilities are kind of like the core um, rules mechanics that you use in, uh, in the game to buff units, give them extra attacks. They're like stratagems. Yeah. Well, it's... Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. It's it's like your hero's like big ability, but you have to use command points typically to make them go off. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it's really strong. It used to be just stuff that you did. Yeah. And it was really good. Yeah. So really, really cool ability. And then, uh, again, similar melee uh, stats. The Axe of Dominion, four attacks, four to hit, three to wound, uh, rend, two, D3 damage, very hard hitting. Not as many attacks as you get in 40k, but that's because, again the damage spills over into the unit. Mm -hmm. And then you have the Scourging Whip from the Demon Dead on top. It's eight attacks. Hit on a three, wound on a four, rend one, one damage. That's extremely good. Like in AOS, that model is going to be just ripping through entire units. Mm -hmm. It's uh, really powerful. And then the, the the Magic Mirror duo, of which none of them I can say their names correctly. Uh, you can reroll casting, unbinding, and dispel rolls for this model. Uh, amazingly good. Mm -hmm. And then Horrible Fascination is very similar. Uh, at the start of a combat phase, roll a dice for each enemy unit that is within six inches of a friendly model with this ability on a four-up. That unit fights at the end of the combat phase after uh, players have picked units to fight. So the reason that's so good in AOS is that you have alternating combat for people who are not familiar. So in the fight phase, it's like you fight. Now I pick a unit to fight. Now you pick a unit to fight. Mm -hmm. This makes it this is incredibly strong because then all your guys are going to swing before the affected mm -hmm. units. So really, really, really good. Uh, and then lastly, Swallow Energy, uh, same thing. Every time you take a Mortal Wound on a 2+, plus, 
The mortal wound is negated. Super good. Yep. There's way more mortal wounds in AOS than there is in 40K. So it's even it's an even more valuable uh, ability. I could see the mm-hmm. Slanesh in AOS being really strong. Yeah. Really strong. Because making fast. people fight, yeah, dude, making people mm-hmm. fight last. So then all your guys are going to swing mm-hmm. and then just blast <clears> them. <throat> it's 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 going to be a really strong army. So They're really good in 40K. Frankie was running a list for a while that was a Slanesh list. They're considered to be extremely yeah. underpowered. Frankie's list is pretty good. Yeah. But they were on you turn one no matter what. There was nothing you can do to avoid it. Yeah, indeed. Uh, CW Dub says, that's why I don't play AOS. Ha ha ha. <laughs> it's yeah. a really lethal game. Yeah. It is. You just remove tons of models. You're constantly just scooping them up. Just- yep. Don the Magnificent says, I love that they made the Slanesh Demon Prince not look like a grotesque monster. I agree. The mm. Slanesh Demon Prince is like a beautiful man with his like ballerina like girlfriend that dances Don around Don definitely appreciates that <laughs> Don appreciates beauty in all its forms Jason. that's true even you which I don't understand Don's my biggest fan uh, Marsh Glyph welcome to the stream I hope you're enjoying it but uh, yeah it's uh, it's going to be an exciting release I mean the, 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 the Keeper of Secrets is a model that people have been asking for forever finally are getting it and then some of the other stuff is just awesome mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a big fan of the Demon Prince uh Knock Knock Who's There says, good to see Jason's hair is growing back. I was starting to think he was LARPing as a convict from his <laughs> favorite country. <laughs> that was a sick burn. That was, And then that was a burn on Australia too, so I like it. That was good all around. Yeah, that is true. That is, They, they do like shaved heads because they're all convicts. So. <laughs> My cousin uh, obviously lives in Australia and he's, uh, uh, helps, he runs Frontline Gaming Australia. He's like, Jason is not popular in this country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> I was like, I can't imagine why. All right, let's talk about what's going on in the ITC. All kinds of God, it, it, it's insane the, the rate Wait, of. Do we get the? Do we have the dates correct? Yes, All it's right. the right weekend this time. Mariana double checked. Okay. Ooh, <gasps> that's happened several times. Uh, I'm not perfect. Uh, we have a ton, a ton of events mm-hmm. this weekend. It's insane. There's three majors: mm. OzCon in West Plains, Missouri. Uh, BrizCon 40K 2019 in Brisbane, Australia, and St. George's Champion in Stratfordshire, uh, United Kingdom. Three majors and spanning almost the entire world there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have three GTs as well all this weekend. We have the Battle for LA, and that's in Burbank, California. We will be at that event. Come and say hi, please, if you mm-hmm. see us. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, this, this event is stacked. Yeah. Like, this is like some heavy hitters from SoCal. Uh, and including the man himself, uh, Brandon Grant, oh. is going to be there. And his list is very cool. He dropped the Castellan, and he's taking three of uh, the, the different specialist detachments, mm-hmm. like the artillery detachment for Astro Militarum, the tank detachment, and the mechanized uh, detachment with uh, with uh, Catachans in it. And it's it's a really cool list. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna be the man to beat uh, at the event. Mm-hmm. This will be the last ride of the Castellan. Maybe. I mean, the FAQ is on the way, and I think everybody's kind of assuming the Castellan's going to have some sort of an adjustment. Mm-hmm. But it, it may very well be the last ride of the Castellan as we understand it now. Yeah. Also, uh, as they've previewed, you know, you're getting updated in the May G- uh, White Dwarf. I, for some reason, thought it was in April, mm-hmm. but obviously that didn't happen. But um, you could assume that uh, you know, you're getting updated in the White Dwarf means there's some changes ahead. So, so go ahead and use those 10 Dark Reapers, baby. Who knows what's going to happen? Let's get them. Actually, that's, I'm lying. I know what's going to happen, yeah. but uh, 
we'll have to wait and see what it says in the white dwarf. Mm -hmm. uh, we have another GT, the Stud or Scrub 40K <laughs> Open, which is awesome. Which one are you? Uh, scrub. Okay. <laughs> and that's in Ontario, uh, Canada. And lastly, BrizCon 40K 2019. And that's in Queensland, Australia. There's two in Queensland. Yeah, all in the same weekend. Well, Queensland is... Uh... No, Brisbane. Queensland is the territory. It's like a state, right? Like a United State. It's yeah, it's a yeah. territory. So one's in Brisbane and the other one's in I would imagine Brisbane. Brizcon. This might be the same event. Uh oh. <laughs> he might have double. Oh no! Double it submitted. Is. You did Brizcon 40k 2019. I did. Well, we almost had it right. Somebody double submitted that event. Mariana, this is your fault. Oh well. Should have caught it. Oh well. No, that's on me. You're only getting one Big Mac today. Oh. Oh. And we have quite a few Age of Sigmar events coming up uh, this weekend as well. <coughs> and no GTs or majors, but a lot of RTTs all over the place from Fredericksburg, Virginia, Miami, Florida, mm -hmm. uh, all over the place. Uh, two in Florida, actually, and one in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So get out there. And it's good to see that the, there points. was a time when this would be for like the entire year. You worth. say that every single But show. also, they were all in Northern California. You say that every single show. <laughs> you need some new material, bro. Yes, Age of Sigmar. I'll never right. forget. Age of Sigmar is growing rapidly. Because I can't make those jokes anymore, so I have to use the old jokes. Okay. Yeah. It is. It's a It's a very popular game. Uh, it's an up-and-coming up little game from a little game company. Well, it's funny because it's a new game, and it's dethroned mm -hmm. some games that have been around for 10-plus years. Mm -hmm. It's the second, by all the data that I have read um, in industry uh, reports and such, it's the second biggest game, miniatures game in the world now, mm. passing uh, War Machine, X-Wing, you know, all the others. And it did it in a short period of time. Even Warzone? Even the venerable Warzone, Dang. which I don't even know if that game is even in production anymore. R.I.P. Hardly knew you. Yep. That game, no company has been able to make that it's game. A, it's a it's a curse game. Like, it, it is. It sadly. looked like in the in the old days, it seriously, legitimately looked like it was going to dethrone 40k. Mm -hmm. Like look, legitimately, like game store, like game stores were selling more of it than they were selling yeah. games workshop products. I remember when I was that was the first game that I ever played because it was cheap. The models were cheaper than the, super cheap, and they they were same quality. And uh, at the time, yeah, for the time, which was like late 90s. And I remember the wall that had the war zone was as big as the stuff for like Warhammer Fantasy. And yeah. Warhammer Fantasy was huge at the late 90s. It's funny. I was so. talking to. Um, uh, oh, my gosh. Can't, the gentleman from Blue Table. Mm -hmm. Sean. Sean. I can't. I just brain farted. <clears throat> he and I were having a laugh about it because we were talking about Warzone, and he had a game store back then. And he was like, yeah, he's like, I called my GW rep. And I was like. The new game is here. It's Warzone. Like 40K is, is, is a, is a See dead duck. Yeah, it didn't last. The no. game imploded. And then the, the every company that has tried to make that game work since mm -hmm. has not been able to do it. I don't mm -hmm. know why. It's, I don't know. The IP is is amazing. It just it's they can't do it. Yeah, it's a cool maybe it setting. is cursed. It's the it's the, know what it is. It's the uh, the dark energy. It's cursed it. Yep. You guys would know that if you're a Warzone fan. Yep. The dark energy made all the machines and, and the AI, yeah. Go Corrupted crazy. them. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Uh so anyway, a lot New of you podcast. are going like, what the hell are they talking New about? New podcast, all Warzone. Ooh. Mutant Ooh. Chronicles. It is a cool setting. Yeah. I, I I really enjoyed it. Um 40k current top <clears throat> five. You just scrolled right past it, you chump. Well, you know. Uh current top five. We got Mr. Jim Vessel. The Canadian Bacon everybody just hitting people with that canadian bacon right in the face just slaneshing it up yeah just irresistible not even force. close yeah he is absolutely crushing everybody right now he has uh, uh, almost an 1100 point score like i said i assume he he either travels for work because he's just going to these big events and getting big points or he is just 
a wealthy man that flies around playing 40k <laughs> either he was, one he yeah. was just at another major last weekend which right. i believe he won the, the mm -hmm. wet coast gt and uh won adepticon won um, the the socal event that yeah. we were at dude's on a tear yeah. and uh he's got a massive lead over the next closest contender 230 points yeah. up on daniel hester's who's in second place my teammate ray awumata mm -hmm. Also, the Veteran Gamer Reenlisted podcast. Check it out if you can tell very adult humor. Mm -hmm. If you enjoy that, you'll love it. It's a good cast. Uh, Ray is sitting in third place. And Richard Cozart in fourth. And Brian Polin, the Tau Terror. I reached for it and it wasn't there. No, that's pretty good. The Tau Terror. The Tau Terror. The Tau Tactician. That sounds cooler. Yeah. The AI Tau Tactician. There you go. Brian, uh, Tau player. Very good Tau player. He... Uh, tied with me at uh, Broadside Bash. He's sitting in fifth place. Pretty good, man. I, li I do like how the sportsmanship score is what, what separated <laughs> you two, but he doesn't care. But he's such a he's nice... He's like, I would do it again. He's such a nice... He's, he's a super-duper nice guy, but he's very, like, methodical. Yeah. Plus, a lot yeah. of people don't like playing against Tao. If you're being a putz, he's going to call you on it. No. In your face. He does not. He's an extremely nice guy. But, uh, yeah, that's a good mix, too. Like, in the top five, we've got Chaos, Eldar... And, uh, and Tau, mm -hmm. a lot of them are mono-faction players. So it's, it's really interesting to see um, how this season is shaping up. But who's going to take Jim Vessel down? I don't know. He has got a dominating lead. Like, if you're going to get in the game and compete... Well, he, he is maxed out, though. Uh, he has well, five, his events five are maxed events. out. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, Brian is actually in the top five, and he only has four events. So he's poised to get in there. But you're gonna have to, you'd have to win a, a super major to even give Jim a run for his money. Well, currently, there's still a lot of year left. No, I mean, like yeah. that—that is the—that's the scenario we're in. Because mm -hmm. Jim won Adepticon, which is one of the big. And there's still events. there's still quite a few. There's still the Bay Area Open. There's still Nova. There's still SoCal, obviously the Las Vegas Open and London GT, right. which is massive. Right, but the secret is Jim's going to go to all those. So I don't know because we're we're going to have to Tanya Harding him. I think. Just, <laughs> Just hit him in the uh, knee with that. He could honestly probably chill out and just wait for the for the LVO at this point. <laughs> just show up at the LVO. <laughs> but uh, we're going to be at the LGT, so um, uh, some of the guys on our team are going to be able to throw up some big scores. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. The uh, 40K current hobby track top five. We got Colin Sherman continues to lead the pack. Jason Bird holds on to his second place. We got Simon Lean moving up into <clears> third. Max Carruthers moving into fourth. And Andrew Gagno hanging on to his fifth place spot well done age of sigmar current top five the jersey kid hanging Ooh. tough hanging tough tough and buff <laughs> i love it matt pashby is uh way out in front with a 655 point score mm -hmm. followed by jack ballard in second place paul jerchecki in third but he only has three scores so he could easily move up it's jarzecki jarzecki that probably is yeah. I, I didn't say that correctly i'm sure he came out of nowhere though and uh, Jai Watula is in fourth, and Derek Erlenbush sits in fifth. But uh, he also only has uh, three scores, so he could easily jump up mm -hmm. and, and overpass the Jersey Kid. Nice. We'll see. Uh, AOS Hobby Track, um, let's get some more events submitted. Uh, for those of you who may not be aware, <laughs> yeah, we didn't... Are we just not updating it, or is it no, no one's actually... Just, uh, there, there's people that are probably just unaware of it, just okay. the same way. So if you're an AOS player and you have a beautifully painted army and you'd like to get recognition for it, uh, reach out to your TO, let them know that submitting hobby track scores is the exact same way as submitting yep. a competitive track. It's very, very easy to do. You just have to get a token. 
you can do it through the app and uh, get recognition for the beautiful armies that we see. Right. It's a travesty that Age of Sigmar is not. Because they're the better looking armies. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to an event this weekend, reach out to your TO and say, can you do the hobby track? They're going to say yes. Super duper easy. If you have any questions, let it have them contact us. Yep. Just reach out. We're always happy <clears> to answer <throat> questions. And the current uh, Shadespire ITC top five, uh, Tony Field moves into first place, followed by Kevin Cruz in second, Dan Daniel Velasquez in third, Ivan Cho in fourth, and Philip Santa Maria in fifth. That's a very Latin field. Where is the, uh, <laughs> where's the brothers? Oh, uh, ooh, the Hart brothers? No, no, remember the, the Shadespire guys? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everhearts. Everhearts, that's right. The Everhearts, come on, guys. Yeah, get back on it. Uh, and then again, as a reminder, the SoCal Open will be a um, grand clash. Very cool. So please come out and get them points. Mm. Here's some recently completed commissions that uh, the FLG Paint Studio has turned out, including an Adeptus Titanicus Army, which we were talking about earlier oh, very in the show. Cool. Yeah, it looks, I, they look amazing. I, I really love the models. Yeah, this is uh, not even the full commission. Um, he got a lot of each of these different knights done. Uh, this is Tabletop Plus. A lot of weathering done on these. Um, the scale is is small, so the knights are about the size of a Terminator. Um, the, Imper the, 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 the regular Imperial Knights, Imperial knights are. Right. But the uh, the, the, the Reaver is like the size of a uh, of a forty k knight. It's like an armature Helvrin, just about. Yeah, he's bigger than that. He's like yeah, he's kind of in between yeah. that and a knight. But a lot more difficult to put together, I'll tell you. Yep. Um, but the um, the Warhounds and the Reavers um, are about the size of a dreadnought. So yeah, it's a pretty good size. Um, but yeah, this artist did a great job. Uh, client's super happy. Um, not picture, but we did all the, um, the city train that also came with it. And, uh, yeah, all, every, every single weapon is magnetized as well. That's super cool. So if you want your Adeptus Titanicus, hit us up. Cause now we've got a couple under our belt. These guys, uh, these artists are, are happy to do more. So yeah. we also have some salamanders, uh, tabletop plus as well. Um, I just love the detail on the skin. He did the traditional ash black coal. Um, skin color on the salamanders and it just looks fantastic. It's very crisp. This is a very good example of our tabletop plus very clean um, Nice uh, highlighting all over the entire model all the details are painted So, you know the eyes ammo patch pouches gems that kind of stuff um, And I think this is level 3 basing because it, it looks it, like level it's three a little complex This is using some cork and some other stuff like that. So um, of course client very happy with this He wants to get uh, more. This is just kind of like his like foot in the, the door type deal it's for squad. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Can't wait to see more. Hit us up. Can't wait to see more of these salamanders. Hit us up. Matt Patch, the Jersey Kid's one of our artists, too. Oh. So if you guys play Age of Sigmar and you want your, your stuff painted by Jersey's Pride, <laughs> then hit us up. I wonder if he hangs out with Frankie Valley. Isn't he dead? No, he's not dead. He's yeah, I don't know. He's not. Anyways. That would make it really weird if he did hang out with him. Ooh, those salamanders are gray on the oh, stream. Oh, ooh. That's interesting. So if you guys are looking at the photos, uh, for some reason... Oh, is it because Fix of the... Uh, in post. I'm, I'm actually looking at what you guys are seeing now. They are gray for some reason in the photos, but they are actually green in the show notes. So. That was weird. All right. Mariana, uh, no Big Macs. Today. Proudest moment of my 40K career was losing to Jim at the White Coast GT, says Inten. Mm -hmm. nice. When you play against he, those guys that are in the top 10... points. Wow. I played against Ray, and I think I got... Um, four or five points ray is really really good player. it's such a different level when you play against yeah. somebody who's in the, i would say even the top 25 itc those caliber players um you top. know like towards the towards the middle of the year when the people really start rising up it's such a different experience than when you're just playing yeah. a regular person um they're so methodical like everything is planned out and you just get like 
decimated. You just get picked apart. Every little mistake you make in your head when you're like, God, I hope they don't see that. They're going to see it and they're going to just make you pay for it. Yep. No, it's, it's, yeah. uh, you would say top, you know, 10% of the ITC right. is going to be top notch players, like mm -hmm. extremely good. They don't make mistakes and they don't, you suffer for what you do wrong Yeah. in a lot of games. And you're just playing kind of just like, I'm, I would consider myself just a, a regular run of the mill player, not horrible, but not great. Um, I won't, like you can do, you can make mistakes and I'm not going to capitalize on it. I'm not on that level, you know? Yeah, and that's what the difference between the player that consistently wins and then the player that doesn't. Right. Right. Is this that mentally like seeing how to win the game, putting your models in the right place? Because mm -hmm. uh, we all have good luck and we all have bad luck sometimes, but um, the good players consistently win. And mm -hmm. then that's that's why right? you have that, that skill level. Uh, Jim Vessel <laughs> says he's going to be at SoCal and the BAO. Nice. And Nova. He's stacking it. Oh, he's going for it. He's, yeah. he's going he's, he's going to. You guys are going to have to tiny hard. He's in it to win it. Yeah. Um, but he won't be at the LGT. Uh, the LGT is like such an asset to the European and UK uh, competitive community because it gives them the opportunity to get enough points to like go into the ITC and, and, and win it. Um, and then it's, it's awesome. And that's kind of what CanCon does for the Australian community too because it gives them their big super tournament. Mm -hmm. um, it's awesome. Uh, Jim says Ray was his hardest game at Dice Hammer. Uh, yeah, he, uh, Ray barely lost to Jim at, uh, uh, at the Dice Hammer GT and went on Jim's run to win that that event um so well done and i'm sure ray would appreciate that like ray only lost one game barely at um uh the broadside bash as well actually and it was like team, a fluke game and then that guy went on to like lose most of his games I think. yeah because my team most of my teammates at uh, broadside bash went four and one mm -hmm. everybody did extremely well uh custodian cap which hotel is the bao at the crown plaza at the crown plaza uh, RVD one of a kind. Reese, do you agree that light vehicles are really bad right now, especially with ITC's Killmore? I don't think it's just a there's a castling problem. No, not at all. I I, I totally disagree mm. with that. Actually, I use a bunch of light vehicles in um, in my list, and they're great. I find like things like an Armored Sentinel is awesome for uh, being an engineer, um, and you just have to play them really intelligently. Like Scout Sentinels are really good for screening people out. Super duper good. It's just you, you have to have the, the uh, appropriate expectation for what they're going to do, mm -hmm. right? Don't expect them to go like blow everything up and, and be like a damage dealing unit. Uh, use them to grab objectives, things of that nature. And in the ITC, I know a lot of people were like, oh, the Killmore thing. Go look at the lists that are winning games. They have a shit ton of units. It's like you either go MSU and just say, screw it, I don't care. Or you go super durable like Jim, Jim Vessel's list that it's really hard to get kills from. Mm -hmm. And then that's another tactic that you can do. Like Adeptus Custodes do that well too. Um, it, it doesn't matter. Like, don't be afraid to take a bunch of units because you're like, oh, I'm going to give up Killmore. Just don't, don't worry about it. My, the list I won the broadside bash with has like, has like 28 units in it. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it don't, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Right. Just play around it. Um, Vehicles in general have a lot of issues currently. I think we can all agree on. Yeah, they do. Um, it just the, the it, negative to hit movement, the the being touched by a single model and you can't yep. do anything. There's a lot of issues currently yep. with vehicles. There's some that are really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, light, light vehicles have a place. You, you just you just have to know what you're going to do with them, mm -hmm. right? Like, like I was saying, I use my scout sentinels to move forward, zone things out, go touch things, grab objectives. I use an armored sentinel usually as an engineer because 
in cover. He's T6, six wounds with a two-up save. Mm-hmm. Good luck killing him if you can't see him. And they're 35 points, right? 35 freaking points. Yeah, yeah it's great. And they, for that, it's something your, your opponent's going to have to shoot at. Yeah. If he doesn't, you're sitting on an objective. He's going to get you four points, They're guaranteed. fast. Um, there's yeah. so much in the game now with uh, Deep Strike, especially with like Gene Stealer Colt now and stuff, where you have to get really good about screening. Um, Reese himself uses Talarn. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to be really good about screening table edges and stuff like that because um, and keeping him out of your deployment zone or, or and you know what I mean. But so it's like I think those there are places for vehicles like that because you quickly move yep. up the field. You, you establish an area that they can't come in. Yeah, yeah they're, they're great. I, I love I use light vehicles all the time. I would call the armatures light vehicles. There's their toughness seven. Mm, I mean, uh, three up armors if. Yeah, I mean, I, that's more of an MBT, a main yeah. battle tank, but. Mm-hmm. Like the dragoons and the and the crab walkers says Ghost Valley he loves them, yeah and like in my Eldar list I use uh, Warwalkers, mm-hmm. and I use them the exact same way I use Sentinels they're they're cheap, they can uh, Warwalkers are even better because they can outflank, mm-hmm. and they're 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 tough enough that it's not easy to take them off the table without dedicating some serious firepower to them, and then even in that they're still serving a purpose, mm-hmm. right like they're drawing fire but they're really really good for taking objectives. <clears throat> Right, like um, like orc buggies. That's another, uh, especially the shock jet, the shock jump dragster. They can teleport around the table, and he's like he's a little bit more expensive compared to like sentinels and warwalkers, but he's reasonably durable and he can like fly around grabbing objectives. I think there's definitely a place for light vehicles in the game, but if you're expecting, and ironically, there's a sentinel in the background. I've just been talking about him. Mm-hmm. If you're expecting them to like go in and like win the fight. You're you're not you're gonna be disappointed if you use them to win the mission. You, that's exactly the way you yeah. should be using them. And sentinels can be great about holding stuff up, like you said. <laughs> like, yeah, dude. Yeah, they have first, they have one attack, but who cares? Like if their job is just to sit in combat and make somebody like ah, dang it, now I got to you know take on this toughness six three up armor save. For, yeah. You know, saying it's just annoying. They're annoying. It's thirty five points. If you hold up someone's like two hundred point unit for, for a turn. turn where they can't shoot because they got to fall back, it's done its job. You, you did your 100% job. hundred percent. Done. Worth the points. Yep. The uh, one of my favorite things to do with scout sentinels is if I go first, scout move nine, move nine, and then either use go recon or just charge to like just go touch an enemy unit, right? Like their screen unit, for example, like uh, plague bearers or something like that. Just go touch them, mm-hmm. and you're like, yep, you're screwed now. You're gonna have to try and go around me. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a huge pain in the butt. Um, if you can like tag a tank or something like that, super useful or a knight. I can't tell you how many times I've had my little scout sentinel just go stand in front of the knight, like, come at me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and just like a gallant, obviously, the castle is not going to do anything, but mm-hmm. um, it, it just, they have to go around you now. And it, it, they're, they're super duper useful, mm-hmm. right? And they're tough enough that like more often than you would think, especially when you like pop smoke, they'll survive. Like the, your opponent will be like, oh, okay, I got to shoot one unit at him. And like, oh, I didn't kill it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Now you have to shoot something else at it. it yeah. They're they're really useful. I love them. Um, really, really love them. Michelangelo in the chat says he loves the shock jump, shock jump dragsta. He's done twenty two wounds <clears throat> to a bane blade in a single round with two dragstas. That's really. I'm sure, your opponent was like awesome. That's funny as hell. Uh, if someone's wasting the shots to shoot signals, bully for me says knock knock. Who's there? Indeed. Yep. Uh, some of them are a little bit more expensive, right? Like the orc buggies are a little bit, I think they're a little too, a little overpriced. But um, there's a lot of those light vehicles out there that are really, really good if you use them to win the mission, right? Mm-hmm. So 
give that give even that rhinos support. can be used for that those totally purposes. dude like Rhin just just suicide rhinos you run yeah. them up the board and you're like now nah, i'm holding up all this stuff just all charge right. things with them they're like why are you doing that well now you can't shoot you got to fall back mm -hmm. well and, and now with the game having so many snipers in it and ways to snipe characters a rhino is a really good choice because you can start embarked in it and then it, once they get out so you can start using you know psychic powers and whatever the rhino can just stay in front of them as a mobile screen pop smoke it's reasonably tough to kill without dedicating some serious firepower to it makes a really good engineer mm -hmm. right so if you're in a mission where you don't need it to be a screen just go park it on an objective go that's an engineer and then your opponent's gonna be like oh crap especially mm -hmm. if you can hide it so there, there's a lot of ways to be creative to use these units to actually help you win the game mm -hmm. without without them doing a single point of damage throughout the whole game uh, a couple people in there were asking about the hobby track how is the hobby track judged each to uh, it, they judge the, the hobby scores on their own. There's rubrics out there that we put out that people can use if they want to, they don't have to. But the way you score the hobby track, it's the same as um, the competitive track. You just uh, line up all the contestants that participated in order of first to last, and then submit the, the, the scores that way. And uh, we'll go ahead and give you points in the exact same way that we do for um, competitive track. Uh, it's, it's almost the exact same formula. Mm -hmm. Right. So you can go to an event, lose every single game, but get first place hobby track and do that for five events and you'll win the ITC hobby track in AOS or 40K. So cool. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I hope uh, to see more people participate in it because it's really cool to see people get recognized for their hard work and talent. Indeed. And then we'll jump in and answer a couple more questions before we wrap it up. Uh, bah, 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 bah. The new uh, Chaos Space Marine Spider the, in chat, RVD says, uh, it's a solid choice. It is. It's cheap. It's durable. It's uh, pretty decent in combat. That's a really good example of a light vehicle that can mm -hmm. do work. The plague drone. Yeah. Is really it's a it's a great example. It's a little it's a little pricey, mm -hmm. but it's tough. It's quick. It can grab objectives. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. another good example of one that I think you could totally make work. People do make them work. Mm -hmm. um, Valerie says I run Dark Reapers. Don't care about smoke. They don't care about much. Good on you, bro. Yeah. So you're telling me that you're doing well with Dark Reapers? Well, you must be the world's greatest player. Mm. Frankie better look out. There's a challenger in yeah. the ring. Oh, They're really good. Frankie's been on a massive losing streak. He has yeah. not been doing too well lately. Well, he keeps, yeah. There's a whole lot going on there. Yeah. I mean, he'll come around. He's an excellent player. Mm -hmm. He'll come around. He's just, he's not been having, a, this last couple of months has been pretty bad. Mm -hmm. He and Pablo should start the Lonely Hearts Club. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, a support group yeah yeah laser guns says he's uh he or she is a big fan of the podcast and all the content you guys create keep up the awesome work thank you very much very uh it's always nice to get uh, some some good feedback and acts of entropy subscribed for four mm. years wow yep. man thank you so much uh swaggy -ish. thank you sir when you go to the tourney you need to go to gus's world famous chicken in burbank oh for the battle for la yeah that's where oh, we're that gonna sounds be. good. You know, the other one is, um, is it? It's not in Burbank. The hat. That is in. Well, they have several locations, that, it, but it's not in Burbank. If you ever have a chance, to go to the hat famous pastrami. There's one in Upland, and there's one in Temecula. There, there's one in uh, the Orange in Orange County as well. I'm not sure where, but. And then the what the the original one is in. Uh, it's up there in uh, Pasadena. I don't know if it's the Upland one or not. But the, anyways, it's really good. The hats for if you can ever get a chance to go there. It's amazing. We should do a whole podcast about our oh, favorite places oh to eat. Well, that's one of my favorite things when we go to mm -hmm. events. I like to go check out local places like Gus's world famous chicken. Mm -hmm. 
that's going to happen. That sounds great. And it's cool to go and experience yeah. the location of the place you're going to when you're going to an event. Mm -hmm. It's half the fun. Um, all right, guys. Well, everyone else is just kind of chatting amongst themselves. Swaggy-ish. Thank you for that hot tip. We'll definitely have to go check out Gus's when we're in Burbank. Yeah. So if you're there and you want to come and say hello, please do. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's actually at a, a KublaCon event, which mm -hmm. is ironic because yeah. the BAO is also at a Kubla event. <clears throat> and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to see everybody there. Indeed. All right. Yep. Thank you, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, have a great week, and we will talk to you next Wednesday. So long. Hey, everybody. Reese is here with a very special interview with an Amory from uh, Team Table War Hawaii that is putting on the uh, Throne of War GT in Oahu coming up in June. So really excited for that, and we wanted to take some time to talk to him about the event. How you doing, buddy? Good. Hi, everybody. Aloha from Hawaii. So uh, tell us about the event. When is it? Where can they learn more about it? And all of that kind of good stuff. Sure. We're trying to maintain most of our content on Facebook. So it's a Throne of War tournament. So Throne of War and then tournament. You'll find our uh, event page and then uh, uh, some of the old events that we've had, like uh, fundraisers for uh, uh, Hawaii Food Bank and some other local events. Very cool. And uh, when is the event? Uh, the June 22nd and 23rd. And uh, it is on uh, on Oahu. What what part specifically? Uh, uh, where will it be located? Oh, so this is in the at the Armchair Adventure Game Store. It's in the Dole Cannery. It's actually an old abandoned pineapple canning facility that they've converted to an office building. So it's got like some uh, storefronts and uh, restaurants and office office spaces. That is, I couldn't imagine a more Hawaiian location <laughs> possible. <laughs> uh, that's really cool. And uh, uh, what uh, what are we looking at on the ticket price for the event? Yeah, so it's uh, $40, but that includes uh, both days. We're going to have pizza for lunch. And then uh, we also have a player packet that we're trying to develop that has a ITC mission card pack. So that's supposed to include something that has uh, the primary missions, the secondary missions, and a nice little sleeve to put everything into. So you can actually do your scoring on these. And then you can swap it out between between sessions, and you get to take these home with you. Yeah, I've seen the uh, I've seen the design, and they look really really cool. Uh, and, and forty bucks is extremely reasonable for a two day GT, especially if it comes with lunch. So that's uh, a really aggressive pricing. Anybody out there who's giving it some thought, um, obviously the for most people the expense is getting out to Hawaii, but we found some really good deals on flights. And I know Pablo and myself from Frontline Gaming will be coming. We're very excited to come and, uh, and see everybody and, and hang out in Hawaii. But, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a really, really nice ticket price that you guys put out there. So people should be uh, excited for that. Um, anything else you want to mention about the event, the event specifically? Yeah, so we have our sponsors. So Table War sponsored the, uh, the mats over the last couple of years. So we actually have enough to get, like, 32 people in there. Plus, um, Frontline Gaming is bringing some terrain down. So thank you for that, for sponsorship for the event, for uh, prize, prize support. And then uh, Hammerhead Games is uh, um, sponsoring some uh, some of their event their uh, their uh, tournament trays, and the Armchair Adventure for uh, putting up the venue. So they're renting an extra room on the side so we can get enough space in there for everybody. Oh, that's great! And then yeah. you also had some really cool uh, custom dice that you were making for the event, which oh yeah, it's <laughs> been super popular. Um, I know I can't wait to get my hands on some. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so we started. I started building out swag for the event, so I kind of 
lure people down because it's it's an expensive flight down here and it's a very small event but we try to make it a, a destination thing so you come down and take a vacation and uh one of the things we made was deployment zone dice so it actually has all six uh, deployment zones on a six-sided die with the uh, measurements marked out already so it's, the idea is to save time on the table so that you can just roll the die look at the thing and then map it out real quick you don't have to flip the book up and find the page and stuff yeah. Yeah. It's super, super cool. Uh, it's a great idea. You just roll a die and like, that's our deployment. So I think that's, uh, I think that's great. And uh, in terms of making it into a destination, that's totally what uh, my girlfriend and I are coming. We're going to stay for a week and I have family uh, there. So we're going to go see our family and, and hang out at the beach. It's in June. Um, so it's nice summertime uh, weather. And I think that it would be a great, um, a great event to mix in as a, a family vacation too. Um, so I think that there's definitely potential there to grow it, and you guys are doing everything correctly in regards to uh, getting the sponsorships and coming out with some cool uh, swag and, yeah. and making it as appealing as possible. Uh, it's kind of it's neat too because you're kind of halfway between America and Australia. So the any Australian listeners out there, it's not it's not too terribly difficult to get out there compared to coming to like the states or, or europe so hopefully we can see some uh, aussie players come out there too yeah we're trying to get them to maybe stop by on their way to lvo <laughs> <laughs> that's one of our other yeah go ahead right, i was gonna say that's a hang out in hawaii for six months <laughs> yeah, months. Hang or, or, yeah so we have events throughout the year too this is just the one we're trying to pitch as the as the summertime event and then I usually have one right before LVO. Actually, I have like four or five right up before LVO, so we get practice in locally. Yeah, that's famer coming out. Even because uh, now we've got events in in, in Asia as well. Um, that would be kind of a neat way to stop over uh, on the way, hang out, uh, get another event under your belt, and then come over to the states. You know, if you can swing it, it's a, a bit of a big trip, but um, it would certainly be a, a lot of fun. Yeah, I know the I know the the dice and the card deck were a good idea because I already got topied by uh, Tom, the uh, China China CEO <laughs> you know, for the North China Open. I'll pitch yeah. this event. <laughs> yeah, that's a, it was a really good idea. I, I was I, I was quite taken with them myself. Um, and then Amory, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background as a gamer too? Um, yeah, so about eight or nine years ago, I, I was a press ganger for uh, War Machine and uh, Hordes. So they're they're really great because they had a really structured event organizer like format uh the scoring system and everything was very set out and it's it's a very pure competition so from that from that background i try to bring that into like 40k uh when we started out i started like building all these great terrain tables some of my friends got really excited too so build these like huge like a really scenic diorama tables that are like two feet high. And then War Machine started drifting into like a super flat 2D terrain. And I was like, oh, it's killing me. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I don't want that because it's really precise. I was like, oh, oh no, it looks terrible. <laughs> yeah, that's my biggest complaint then, too. It's just the yeah. flat terrain just kills me. Yeah, and then, uh, then they kind of like let go with unpainted miniatures. And I was like, oh, okay, so I got flat terrain, unpainted minis. So I tried to get everybody to paint their stuff. I actually had a 17-player uh, league where everybody had to finish all their stuff painted by the by the end of the league. And that was really good because it got everybody motivated over a long period of time to actually finish their stuff, which is great. And then uh, when I turned 40, 
the 40k scene here was kind of petering out a little bit, so I decided to um, try to wrap it up and get into all the stores. There was like one store that had like a lot of events, but were like three or four stores on the island, so I tried to get them, get them going, and host events everywhere. So eventually, I uh, settled into the Armchair Adventure as my home store because. Every other store sees their TOs as kind of theirs, <laughs> and they don't like cross-pollinating for some reason. I, I'm okay hosting wherever, but yeah, that's kind of how it, how it shake it shake out. So I've been doing that for about three years now, building building up terrain. So I actually have enough for like a thirty-something player tournament. Well, that's great. Yeah, and it's funny. I always tell people that are trying to get involved in uh, uh, being more of a TO or a community organizer, it, you don't. It, it you do, all you have to do is just is just jump into it, right? Just be enthusiastic, like you said. Just kind of get out there and, and talk to people. Do a little bit of the legwork with making terrain, and, and you're on your way. Um, so I, I think it's wonderful what you've done out there, especially considering some of the limitations you're working around in an environment like uh, an island where you have limited population, and, and it's maybe a little bit more difficult to get things like space for an event or material. Um, it makes it a little bit more challenging. So. Hats off to you. Um, that's really cool that you've been able to get everything going in the way that you have. Um, yeah, the scene, the scene here is pretty cool. It's uh, it's about half military. So people come in for three years and then they hop out. The other half is local, local dedicated players. But we have people like come in, play for three years, and then they ship out to the mainland. They're still Hawaii players. but <laughs> Yeah, I, I did notice that like a lot of your team are, uh, are military. It makes sense. Yeah. So the, the bulk of military people that you saw like about two years ago that have been coming to LVO, they're actually all on the mainland now. <laughs> yeah. Still on the team. It's yeah. uh, bittersweet, I'm sure. you got a rotation of friends. You're always making new friends, but you're also always saying goodbye. Yeah, I, I, I had to work on like talking to people. Yeah. <laughs> Before it's just because we're, cause we're all... We're all we're all kind of nerdy, <laughs> so it forces us to be social. Oh, that's that, that's that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, anything else you want to mention about the uh, the event, Amory, before we uh, wrap this up? But uh, to me, it sounds like it's going to be a, a blast, and I can't wait to go. Yeah. So, everyone comes down, has fun, gets some sun, because we're going to be in a warehouse for like nine, ten hours. <laughs> I'm going to try and uh, end the event a little early and have everybody go to one place for dinner to kind of talk about the first night just to hang out and socialize and then the next day we can you know part as friends that's uh that's always the best part of events what we, we tell people all the time um when when people are considering getting into the the competitive scene the match play scene the tournament scene whatever you want to call it and they may be feeling like intimidated or they don't know if they're good enough at the game i always tell people I'm like that it's it's not even relevant like it's a social experience you go to, to see people that you see at these events to share in an experience that everybody enjoys. If you win any games at all, great. If you don't, who cares? It, you're there to socialize and have fun and, and, and play a game that you love. So it's, uh, I think what you're setting up is really conducive to that. Um, and then if anybody's curious about giving it a, a shot, maybe it might be pretty easy to pitch a Hawaiian vacation to your significant other. So um, I wish you guys success and, and I can't wait to go myself. Cool. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, buddy. And okay. uh, I'm sure I'll be talking to you soon. Okay. See you in a couple months.